0: Hi this is Mark husta Tech team and this is our "Futures missing West America kids. Please be on the lookout for five-year-old Jonah Sullivan. He went missing from La Jolla California on April 30th 2012. This is considered a family abduction. Jonah is Caucasian, three foot five, 40 pounds with blue eyes and light brown hair. He may be in the company of his mother and they may still be in the local area or they may have traveled, To Phoenix, Arizona, and or Alabama. Jonah has a small scar on his chin and right cheek. His front tooth is chipped and he may be going by the nickname of Sully. If you know of Jonah Sullivan's whereabouts, please contact the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children's Hotline at 1-800-THE-LOST. That's 1-800-843-5678 to see two pictures of Jonah, Sully, Sullivan please click on the link on the Voice America Kids homepage Our future is missing or go to futuresmissing.com. Thank you
1: We don't care how you got here we're just glad you showed up You're listening
0: to Voice America Kids Stars could shine between the lines
2: if you would let yourself go Find someplace you know you can use your words, use your hands, you can change the world. Just
3: pretend, express yourself, take a chance, and you'll see who you'll be. It's time to express yourself, where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be the Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself.
1: Welcome to our program, Express Yourself, where you show by, for, and with creative young people, a platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Kids Network. Express Yourself is produced by StarStyle Star Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity. I'm Young Juan.:
4: And I'm Ryan Sim, and we're, and we're your teen hosts for today. It's my first time co-hosting, actually, and it's really exciting for me. Some other exciting news is that the Be The Star You Are charity is having its ninth annual National Essay Contest, where you can win $100, get a radio interview on this show, and win prizes like books and recognition. This year's competition has been the theme of benevolence, compassion, and kindness. For more information, visit www.btsya.com. The contest runs through January 2013 and is graciously sponsored by U.S. Bank.
1: And it's a really exciting opportunity for any writer who wants to be published. And make sure to check out BTSYA to find out more information about the 9th Annual Be The Star You Are Essay Contest, and that's btsya.com. You also have great opportunities to join our club, BTSYA and it's launched in several local high schools and if you're interested in joining it or starting your own visit btsya.com slash club we want to spread club fever and have club be the star you are become a global movement for young people everywhere it's a milestone for you that this is your first time co-hosting Ryan I remember how nervous I was to co-host unlike a segment there's no exact timing for questions and you really have to go with the flow
4: definitely I think co-hosting seems a lot like riding a bike. It's better to just start pedaling and hope for the best. It's my first time co-hosting, but we will also have a new reporter trying out for the show.
1: Yeah, it seems like we have a lot of new report- new reporters lately, which is always great since being around people who are passionate about their hobbies is fun to be around. I've learned so much by being on this show and by listening to all the different people who have a lot to talk about. And it's a really great day for you to co-host, Ryan, especially since it's election day.
4: Yeah, but before we talk to Alex Palakos, we have Kai Kelly speaking about the pop culture of elections. She's not new to this, but we still love hearing her opinion and fun facts.
1: And Alex Palakos is our new reporter who will be on the show later, but please welcome Kai on to Express Yourself. Hi, Kai.
5: Hello. All right, so in the past few months, we've heard a lot about our presidential candidates' politics, their views on foreign affairs, the economy, what they each would do in the next four years if elected. All of the speakers here today, I think, Ryan, you're also a public speaker, so we've definitely been focusing a lot, at least in my public speaking class, on what's been going on. And paying attention to the unraveling current events and deciding which candidate best fits the values we each believe in is very important. But there is another important aspect of how, uh, what affects each candidate's lives, a part that influences their core values and helps us glimpse into how they may run the next four years, and that is their wives or the potential first ladies. So today on What's Popping, let's turn away from the politicians and focus on what each first lady would do with another term. So let's start with Michelle Obama, since she has been the first lady of her country for the past four years. Mrs. Obama has consistently worked over the past four years to advocate for working parents. She focused a lot on combating childhood obesity, working with beverage makers to design soda cans with calorie counts. She's also been involved in remaking the food pyramid. I don't know if any of you guys have seen, but she convinced Congress to require schools to provide more fruits and vegetables in lunches, which is excellent for those of us who are still in school. She developed the Let's Move program, promoting more exercise, and pushed for several different nutrition bills in Congress. So obviously she's put a lot of emphasis on eating healthy and creating a healthier America. She's also been a huge supporter of military families, which is a huge part of what I love about our country is the fact that we do support our veterans and have spent a lot of time advocating for them. Young Ju can talk about that. I was surprised, I'll admit, to learn a lot about her efforts because so much emphasis has been placed on President Obama's actions, of course. Of course, because he's the president, but we tend to think of the First Lady as a more stationary, not as active individual, which is not at all true. As you can see from Mrs. Obama, she was incredibly involved in the administration and for advocating the things that she thought was important. So, Ann Romney has also indicated she would be an active First Lady. She was diagnosed many years ago with multiple sclerosis, so understandably she plans on focusing on more awareness for multiple sclerosis, as well as for cancer. And like Mrs. Obama, she cares a lot about helping kids. She's worked in the past with at-risk youth, spends a lot of time encouraging research programs for physically challenged children, and literacy programs for schools. In Massachusetts, she was part of an organization that addresses the special needs of adolescent inner-city girls by providing community service opportunities. So, again, she was really, really involved in what she cares about. And I think what's really key about that is that too often these numerous accomplishments of both these leading ladies are forgotten in the midst midst of talk about their latest outfits or interior design taste. In fact, when researching for this, the first thing that came up about Ann Romney and Michelle Obama were their cookie-making recipes instead of their plans for their futures or their views, or what they've even accomplished in the past. So perhaps it's time to look at our country's leaders, including the ones that stand behind the commander-in-chief of our country, on a deeper level than just their outward attributes.
1: Yeah, that is really true. But can you give us a brief background of Michelle Obama, for those who maybe don't know?
5: Yeah, so she is a a very surprisingly accomplished person. Not that I didn't expect her to be accomplished, but I don't think there's that much emphasis on all the great things she did, and it was really incredible. Her resume is ridiculous. So she went to Princeton, and then she went to Harvard for Harvard Law School, and after college she joined the Chicago law firm Sidley and Austin, and that's where she met President Obama. She also served, among many other things, she served as an assistant commissioner of planning and developing in Chicago City Hall before she became the executive director of an AmeriCorps program that prepares youth for public service. So she was a director, she was a president for different types of things in Chicago. And what about Ann Romney? Yeah, so she is um, also similarly accomplished. They did different things. Ann Romney went to Brigham Young University, and one of the charities that she has been Throughout her life, she raised five children. So the main, one of the biggest things that she did was she was, uh, she's taking care of her children. She's raised her children, but she's also been involved in a variety of different charities. Particularly, one of the major ones that they talk about is Operation Kids. And so, basically, and she's also interestingly enough a nationally recognized in dressage, which I don't know if you see, you saw the Olympics. It's actually an Olympic event where they, it's kind of like horse tap dancing, I always oh. want to say. It's, it's crazy if you look at a video of it. It's just, it's, uh, they made the horse stand up on two feet and... Yeah,
1: it, I think my math teacher was talking about that, how he went to right. the wedding based on this, and he was kind of making fun of it, but I'm sure it's a lot more difficult than it seems.
5: Right, it sounds really, it's a surprising hobby to have. Like, I don't know, uh, what, I've never seen anybody do, do dressage in the First week, and I never heard. I never heard that Anne Romney was such a good. But she is actually. She's won many national competitions for dressage, meaning that she's a very skilled horseback rider, which is really interesting. And she also did face breast cancer and multiple sclerosis, so she's endured a lot of issues that make her passionate about these diseases today.
4: So, what are some similarities you found through your research between the two first, the first lady, and the potential first lady?
5: right. They're both really, they're both really similar. And the thing that I thought was interesting is there's a lot of emphasis placed now, I think, in our society on the two differences between the two candidates and then likewise, the very strong differences between Michelle and Obama. Michelle Obama and Ann Romney, and I think that's definitely an active, uh, accurate point. But Both actually, what's interesting, have personal experiences with multiple sclerosis. Michelle Obama's father had multiple sclerosis, and and Romney had it. They both come from different backgrounds and faiths, but they do have similar goals for women in office. They do want to help children, especially, in improving their lifestyles, and have been active supporters behind the scenes for many of their husband's most difficult decisions, which I think is often overlooked. And what do you think is the most underrated
1: part of being a First Lady?
5: I think there's the, just this general responsibility that we don't take. We t- kind of take for granted because obviously the the it's very difficult to become the president of the United States, especially in a time when we are so politically gridlocked. And one of the things that I think is interesting about this is that the first lady um doesn't get get as much credit as for what she does to support her husband and for her family as well.
4: All right. So As a final question, what do you think is the most important thing to take away about each individual from today's segment?
5: I'll talk about this really quickly. Instead of, I think the basic line is that instead of discussing their recipes or wondering about their outfits, I think it's important that we look at these women for their accomplishments and what they do and can bring to Washington politically, instead of just what they look like or what they do as housewives.
1: Yeah, that's really important. And thank you, Kai, so much for bringing up this important point, since often they are overlooked, and especially they shouldn't be since they have so many accomplishments under their belt. We do have to take a break right now, but when we return, we'll be talking to Alex Polakos, our new reporter, about the economy, which is very pertinent to today. Ryan and I will also be having our own State of the Union conversation, as well as a summary of all the key points of this year's election. I'm Young Juan.
4: And I'm Ryan Sim. You're listening to Express Yourself, an an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids Network. Make sure to check out the photos, descriptions, links, gossip, and more at www.expressyourselfteenradio.com. Facebook your friends to join our party. Don't go away. We'll be right back.
3: We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good...
2: Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week?
1: Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. I'm Young Duan.
4: And I'm Ryan Sim, and, when, and we're your teen hosts. Today we're t- speaking with a teen who's very interested in economics.
1: Alex Palekos is a college student at Santa Barbara City College. He enjoys biking, weightlifting, and tutors in his spare time. He and his brother, Eric, co-write for the APRA for La Manda Weekly Newspaper. Hi, Hi Alex. Alex.
6: Hello, hi, this is Alex Placos with the Economics Tune-Up. Each and every day, although we don't think about it, we are impacted by economics. Really, you might think, and am I here to say really, and this is why. Taxes? You hear your parents talk about them, probably complain about them, but what are they and why do we have them? What are taxes? In simple terms, taxes are basically payments from the individual citizen to the government why do we have taxes the government itself has no revenue the government needs to collect money from citizens in order to pay for public programs as well as the administrative expenses of running the government when people hear that the government is going to pay for programs what is really meant is the government is deciding how to spend the money collected from the citizens the government then uses the tax money to pay for the services that we all use for example National defense, the military, health care, civilian retirement, unemployment, net interest on our national jet, and education are just to name a few government programs. Taxes are money that the government collects from us, the citizens. The majority of the tax resources comes from two areas, individual income taxes and payroll taxes. For instance, you may have heard in the news recently that people wanted a free Obama phone. Well, the fact is, Obama does not give out free phones. If you look at your cell phone bill, you will look for a tax. It is this tax that you pay that you pay then is relocated to a program where a phone is provided to a low-income citizen. It is this misunderstanding that I want to stress. The government has no money. The money is collected from citizens from taxes.
1: So, how does taxation relate to elections?
6: Well, taxes are always part of the election process. Why? Because that is where the budget money comes from to pay for everything. This year, it is a focus for the presidential election and is also on the California. In fact, California has over 100 tax measures on the county ballots.
1: And how does that relate to our presidential election this
6: In the 2012 elections, our choices for the presidential election are re-electing Obama for four more years or electing a new president, Mitt Romney. The two candidates have different ideas on how to run the country and our economy, especially when it comes to taxes. Tied in with taxes is also the government spending. The simple explanation is if the government wants to spend more money than it brings in with taxes, it has to borrow the money from investors. In other words, the government has to go into debt. This is fine in moderation, but in recent years, the government has decided to spend much more than it takes in from taxes. The bottom line for each citizen is the more you pay in taxes from your income, the more control you give to the government to determine how to spend your money. The less taxes you pay, the more money you keep, which gives the the individual the right to determine how to spend their money. To learn more need-to-know economic facts, make sure you tune in again to express yourself on the Voice America Kids Network and visit Express Yourself at www.BTSYA.com. I'm Alex Polakos for Economic Tuna.
1: So we just have a couple questions for you before you leave us. So if I don't have a job, how am I paying
6: taxes? Well, as I said, there are over 100 measures regarding additional taxes in California alone. So whether you think about it or not, you are paying taxes. A common tax you pay frequently is sales tax. Just about every state in the country has a sales tax, so practically everything you buy will be paying a tax. So speaking of sales taxes, how much then would I personally pay
4: in sales taxes?
6: Well it varies state by state, but where I live, almost 8% of the price I pay is a sales tax. So if I bought a shirt that cost $30, I'll have to pay almost $2.40 extra in tax.
1: And what other kinds of taxes are
6: there? There are a lot of what are called hidden taxes. You might not know it, but every time you buy gasoline, part of the cost of a gallon of gas is taxes. In fact, on average, if you buy a gallon of gas for $4, about $0.60 of that is taxes that the government keeps. Why do you think people
4: have such an issue with paying taxes when they go to the government who uses
6: these funds? To sponsor all these projects like you were talking about earlier? Well, people are not complaining about paying some taxes, as everyone agrees the government needs to supply the country with necessary services. However, when incomes are not going up and jobs are hard to come by, people are probably complaining about how much and how many taxes they pay. Obviously, the more they pay in taxes, the less money they have to keep for themselves.
1: And do you think the government spends more if it brings in? More taxes, or do you think it would save money? Like, how did the government spending become such a huge issue? Or why would the well, government spend more than it brings in taxes?
6: Uh, some well, sometimes there's like emergencies that demand more spending. For example, after 9/11, the country went to war in Iraq, so. That costs the nation a lot of money that it may not have at the moment, so it borrows it and goes into debt.
4: So, Alex, I don't know if you already addressed this earlier when you were informing us about taxes, but for someone like me who might not be as informed about taxes and how it relates to the political elections, how is Romney's stance on taxes and Obama's stance on taxes different in any way?
6: Well, um, I didn't really go over that too much in the talk, but generally obama is for more taxation of rich richer people while Mitt romney is more uh less taxes and uh more of a trickle down theory like reagan
1: does a person have to pay taxes if they only have a summer job
6: um no they don't have to pay income taxes if you earn less than ninety five hundred dollars then you won't have to But you should check your paycheck to see if money was taken out for taxes. You'll want to file to get that money paid back to you.
4: So are there any other occasions when the government spends more money than it has to
6: than an emergency? Good question. Unfortunately, the answer is no. A lot of times our elected officials want to spend money on programs and projects that they are particularly fond of. When every senator and congressman starts to spend money this way, it quickly can get out of control. That kind of wears... That kind of is where our country is right now. We have spent way more than we have and have had to borrow an awful lot, and that is why taxes and spending are at the forefront during elections. Hopefully this segment of Economics Tune-Up has brought you a little more in tune with the effect of taxation on you.
1: Can a government borrow too much money?
6: Uh, The answer is yes. If a government continues to spend more than it brings in from taxes, it has to keep borrowing at some point investors may decide that is not safe loaning the government any more money that is not a good thing so do you think that's happening right now in the country it's really hard to say it hasn't happened at this point yet but it may be veering towards it
1: do you think Obamacare has been a huge problem for our government
6: again with that one I'm really not sure it's only been instated so recently Mm -hmm. that it hasn't really had a chance to see what effect it's going to have
4: So did you have any examples that you were talking about earlier when the senators are using this money and they're just basically using this money to fund all of these projects that we don't have the money for? Like earlier you talked about how senators are spending money from taxes and this money is money that we don't
6: really have at this time. No, I don't have any particular examples.
1: Okay, well, unfortunately, we're out of time, but I really learned a lot about the economy and taxes. I didn't know that um, if you have a summer job, you don't have to pay income taxes, and it might not be a fun topic, but even taxes can be entertaining. And we'll be right back for more on the presidential election. I'm Young Juan.
4: And I'm Ryan Sim. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network. Visit our creative community at btsya.com and this radio program at www.expressyourselfteenradio.com. We'll be back in a bit.
1: We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America
3: Kids. It's almost showtime. Tune in to Curtain Call every week for the latest happenings from the world of theater. It's news and reviews, both on stage and behind the scenes. If you've ever wanted to be a stage actor, theater director, or work behind the scenes in production, this is the show for you. Your hosts have been there and done that, and will answer all of your questions right on the air. Listen for Curtain Call. Weekly performances are happening Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Kids Channel. (sighs) What is no added preservatives all about? Well, it might be easier to say what isn't the show about. Your host will give it to you straight. His take on film, television, books, video games, and pretty much any other topic that comes up. He'll keep you safe and on top of the latest in media and let you know what to stick with and what to trash. Listen every week to no added preservatives, and each show will leave you wanting more. Tune in Wednesday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel.
1: Thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. I'm Young Juwon.
4: And I'm Ryan Sim. And we're your teen hosts on today's episode of Express Yourself.
1: So this is a really special episode of Express Yourself today. The elections only come around once in four years. So right now, we're going to summarize what's happened so far, some differences between the candidates, and why it's important to vote.
4: So during the early campaign season with the Republican primaries, we saw many different candidates rise up. We saw the Rick Perry ferry hold out for a while, eventually capsizing and sinking. We saw the Herman Cain train going full speed ahead, eventually following a collision course. And we saw Newt Gingrich, whose name doesn't seem to rhyme with anything witty, eventually fall off the race too. But finally, out of all of these possible candidates, Mitt Romney took the stage. We've seen some incredibly conflicting messages between the two candidates, Obama and Romney, and we'd like to make their stances clear.
1: Yeah, I've been watching the presidential debates, the all three of them, and it's really, really tense in there. You can definitely feel the tension and perhaps the anger both candidates feel and how passionate they are about what they do and it's so close with both candidates struggling for each and every vote there's some serious political mudslinging going on with each candidate trying to express his opinion and what he's gonna do and what he believes in
4: yeah exactly and one big part of the presidential race seems to be actually the presidential debates I know that people are actively participating in watching these debates like you are in almost record-high numbers It's also a noticeable trend for people to be expressing how they feel about these positions or points that are brought up in the debates on Twitter, Facebook, and other areas of social media.
1: Yeah, there have been some funny things in presidential debates so far, but I feel like sometimes I was talking about this with my public speaking class, and we were just sort of angry how scripted both candidates sound and how we wanted more more just from them, like what they actually believe in and not the script and actually I think it was the third one or the second one perhaps I think it was third debate where Obama said how the army doesn't have bayonets or horses anymore when Romney said the army was at its all-time low with machinery and I feel like that was one of the wittiest funniest things in the debates and sometimes as I said before these debates seem really scripted but I really admired Obama's Point when at the very end of the second presidential debate he was saying how he was bringing up the comment with Romney again about how Romney doesn't care about the 47% of America and it was just a really great and strong way to end, end the debate and Obama didn't wasn't, I don't know, a key didn't win the first first presidential debate in anyone's view but I feel like he really came back with that that passion for debate again and whether you're a Republican or a Democrat you can always admire a good debate
4: yeah we've been we've been seeing some pretty strong attacks and rebuttals from both sides of the debate from um, from Romney and Obama and I've also noticed that's easy to become confused during this year's presidential election oftentimes candidates of the opposing party accuse one another of distorting facts to their own advantage Sometimes, the statistics or facts that the candidates use are actually indeed flawed. Here are some examples from both Obama and Romney during the presidential debates. First, during the third presidential debate that took place at Lynn University in Boca Raton, Florida, Romney claimed that that terrorism wasn't mentioned in any presidential debate in the year 2000 when in actuality Al Gore made one brief mention of terrorism and he was saying this because Mitt Romney was trying to say that Democrats aren't focusing enough with their foreign with their foreign policy on dealing with terrorism however this wasn't true because Al Gore actually did bring it up and secondly another time when a statistic or fact was distorted was when Obama claimed the record would back him up when he accused Romney of opposing any federal help or assistance for troubled automakers. In fact, though, the record shows that Romney supported federal loan guarantees. When the candidates make claims like these that aren't always substantiated, it confuses the public, making them more liable to vote arbitrarily rather than deliberately.
1: I feel like that is such a good example, especially in this year's debate. I remember Romney brought up the point where Obama didn't address Uh, I think it was a um, I forgot what they're called but a person who went over oh gosh Um, anyways (laughs) but um, it was like a false statement and the moderator actually supported President Obama in saying that President Obama did make a speech about this but that was also a case where some facts may not be correct. And I remember in the first presidential debate, Romney was saying things and Obama was saying, you have been saying the opposite of that for the past, past, however, I think he said like eight weeks of campaigning. And it just confuses me sometimes when presidents and candidates change their opinions at debates and they change what they say. And speaking of voters, it's becoming more and more evident nowadays that young voters just aren't voting, or they aren't voting based on knowledge, but rather, rather just arbitrarily or, or just what their friends are doing. And voting and getting our voices heard is really necessary to have an efficient democracy. Sometimes teens and young adults complain about the laws being so old-fashioned, like we don't have strict technology laws, and that's becoming a Problem lately, and they're also saying that laws are not fit for today's society. That all stems from having a society that is oftentimes not politically aware.
4: I think you're absolutely right. It's incre- it's incredibly critical for young voters to vote and take initiative in politics, because eventually they'll be making up the majority of the voting body. Taking early action in voting promotes better voting habits in the future, and also. Our country is lucky enough to even have a democracy that we can all enjoy with the power to vote for whichever candidate we feel will represent ourselves best. Many countries aren't as lucky as the United States to have a democracy, and many of the young voters in those countries are fighting to be able to have those sorts of democracies. We've been seeing that in the Middle East recently. And in the United States, we've become lazy with the power that we were able to have to vote and I think that's a terrible thing and we should be taking advantage of this rare opportunity to be able to vote for a candidate that we think will best suit our interests and what we believe in
1: yeah I absolutely agree with you and I, I do get sort of angry when I see presidential campaigns with statistics about what Mitt Romney did 20 years ago or something about Obama that's not that doesn't really tie in with what he did politically and I just feel like the presidential debate should be just about what they believe in strictly and what they're gonna do for our country and not really this political like mudslinging I think that's all I see in the political campaign advertisements and it's sort of crazy but um yeah my public speaking teacher was saying how she just wants a good old-fashioned debate between the two candidates and just have them speak what what's on their mind without the current um Current system that they're using.
4: I remember reading somewhere in an article that talked about how candidates don't normally engage in like actual debates and resort to these political mudslingings yeah. because they're afraid to go into an actual head-on debate because if they do and if they lose, then it looks really bad for them. Whereas if they do in a, if they do a political mudslinging like what's been happening mm. in the past political presidential debates no one's really going to be winning and no one's really going to be losing both sides are just going to look bad as a result
1: yeah i feel like that's true because in the debates that we see it's it's very scripted debate almost with just a few comments of arbitrariness and (laughs) i feel like that's also because they're not quite prepared to just take on each other head-on with the public watching. And I remembered what I was saying before how um Romney actually kind of accused President Obama of not grieving for the ambassador that was um unfortunately killed. But um he actually did, but President Obama actually did by the Rose Garden. So there are facts everywhere and you can't really trust what either one is saying, to be honest.
4: And I think it's incredibly important for us to be able to return to an America where the public can trust in the presidential debates and they can trust in the facts that both presidents are saying, and they don't have to rely on these news sources to fact-check them yeah, and so that they can just basically pick whatever presidential candidate that they feel would be best instead of having to look online and see whether the facts are actually true or not.
1: I really agree with you. I didn't really know what either of them was— or whether to trust either of them until I read Time Magazine and they did this whole spread about who's saying what and what's true and what's not. But we are out of time again and I'm Young Juan and you're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network where teens talk and the world listens. And I'm
4: Ryan Sim. But we gotta run. Visit us at www.expressyourselfteenradio.com Don't go away. We'll be right back with our reporter, Tanner O'Dell.
1: Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening
2: to Voice America Kids. You just love your pets, but sometimes they can get to be a handful. And just when you think you have them under control, that's when things get, well, crazy (laughs) for help tune into paul's around the world you'll get the inside secrets on keeping your pet the friend it's supposed to be along with stories to keep you warm and fuzzy listen fridays at 5 p.m pacific 8 p.m eastern on voice america kids want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite voice america talk radio network host how about what's new with our network
1: Here at voice america kids our program is express yourself giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to i'm young Juwan,
4: and i'm ryan sim we have reporter tanner odell in the middle of a conference actually it's my first time meeting him one of the most important things about the election could be argued as food so this is the perfect way to end the show
1: definitely food is always important and so please welcome tanner to express yourself
7: hi tanner. hello guys Thank you for having me on tonight.
1: Yeah, we're so excited to hear what you have to say. Yeah, so
7: when you think of the election, it is very, very easy to just get caught up in all of the crazy. People say this, people say that. I mean, how can you bring just maybe a little bit of happiness, positivity, good food, and maybe some perfection into this election? Well, I have been trying to discover the secret formula, and here is what I have to share with you guys today. The goal... I believe is to just stay positive. I grew up around quite a bit of negativity. So part of the reason I'm the person I am today is because I took that negativity and completely flipped it on its head, creating something beyond helpful and relieving stress. So how did I do it exactly? Mostly just by focusing on what I love to do, which is cooking. Now, I'm not saying to ignore the negative and ignore the election, because it really is such an amazing and important part of being a really great citizen and leader in your community. What I'm saying is take your strengths, take your hobby, and take the negative and bring in some election love. So if you love to cook, then cook up some awesome stuff on this election day. Maybe cook up some donkey and some elephants. Cookies, people, of course. I'm vegetarian and an animal lover here, so maybe some donkey and elephant cutout cookies. Lavender is also very, very calming. It's a really cool herb, so if you have larger-than-life opinionated family members and friends like I do, now is the time to go and stock up on some lavender candles. You could also make a lavender cheesecake or even make those donkey and elephant cookies lavender-flavored just by using some food-grade lavender essential oil. And do not forget about the deep breaths in through the nose, out through the mouth. It has been proven that just by focusing on your breath, you can change your mood almost immediately and bring in some of that election positivity. Overall, I believe this election is truly what you make of it and what you make for it, too. To have election perfection, just incorporate what you love to do, maybe make some cookies and light those lavender candles up. After all, love for yourself and love for others is definitely what this world needs right now.
1: Wow, I totally agree with what you said there. And I remember sitting in my history class just a few weeks ago and we were talking about the election and it was just getting so crazy in there we could have really used some lavender.
7: Oh yeah, big time.
1: <laughs> and if you had to pick one dish to make for the President of the United States, what would it be?
7: That is a good question. Usually, you know... I think I'd probably have to do something vegan, maybe something raw, gluten-free, soy-free, maybe just completely allergen-free and make it really, really delicious to really wow the president, something they never would expect.
4: So Michelle Obama has done a lot for promoting healthy eating, like you were talking about, the dish that you would make for President Obama. And she's been doing a lot for promoting healthy eating with the program Let's Move. How can each of our listeners learn to promote a healthy message as well?
7: I think the most important thing that you can do is tell your friends. And, you know, you can learn how to cook with help from me and help from other people in your community. And just learn to love yourself and become in tune with what you need to eat. And then pay attention to great programs like Let's Move and many, many others.
1: And also, Ryan and I were just talking about this, but social media is a big deal these days, and since I don't know how to cook quite healthy yet, or cook, period, I feel like Facebook (laughs) and Twitter would be a great place to share healthy, focused recipes and articles and other things like that. Do you have a way to fact check whether the articles I find are reliable or not?
7: Fact-checking is a big deal these days, especially with all of the debates going mm-hmm. on. And social, you know, social media really is a big deal, and you can really make an impact by sharing amazing articles and recipes and things. But how do you know if they are really reliable? I think the best thing to do is, especially if it's an article focused on some type of study, is to find out first who wrote the article And then find out where that study came from and who actually funded the study. And then read that actual study and form your own opinion. Then you can share it with all of your friends and be a very, very informed citizen.
1: Mm. And do you think it's really important to be an informed citizen?
7: Oh, yes. Big time. So, you, you know, I'm definitely one of those people that likes to go out and motivate other kids and really get people out there in doing things. And if I wasn't an informed citizen, then you wouldn't have as big of an impact. So if you want to create a huge impact, a big movement, and like me, I want to get people to eat healthy. So you have to practice what you preach and really, really get people to believe in the things that you believe in.
4: I absolutely agree, Tanner, and thank you for all of the fun facts, fun tips. I actually learned a lot about the lavender candles, and I learned a lot about how you have to breathe in and out to change your mood, and I'm excited to bring this love and this peace and tranquility into this election. Where can people follow up and find out more information and tips about you?
7: Well, I will be tweeting and posting things on Facebook during the election. So you can all go to Twitter.com slash Tanner Odell and Facebook.com slash I like Tanner Odell. I also have videos, blogs, recipes, and a whole bunch more on TannerOdell.com. You know, this election does not mean you have to be stressed or worried. I want you to just be you, love you, and share that happiness. And thank you both for having me on the show.
1: Yeah, no problem. It's always very fun talking to you. And unfortunately, we are out of time, but thank you for all your information again. I'll be sure to try making some cookies. We'll see how that
7: goes. Let me know how it goes. (laughs) Thanks
4: so much for joining us here on Voice America Kids. Thanks to Star Style Productions for producing this show. Thanks to our guests from across the world. And thanks to you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. You have been listening to Express Yourself an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids Network. Don't forget to check out www.btsya.com to find out more about the ninth Annual Be the Star You Are Essay Contest. I'm Ryan Sim.
1: I'm Young Juwan, and thank you for always tuning in every week. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Express Yourself. We want to hear your thoughts, and we want to answer your questions, so email us at btsya teenradio at gmail.com. And again, that's b-t-s-y-a teenradio at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. And remember to check out our radio site at www.expressyourselfteenradio.com And one more, we have a creative community site at b-t-s-y-a dot com, where you can find all the stuff about the essay content. You can also upload your creative works at our site for free, get involved with Be The Star You Are charity, buy books and t-shirts in our store, and sign up for our free newsletter. And make a donation to keep Be The Star You Are alive. Thanks again for joining us, and thank you for listening to all our great reporters and our own discussion about the election. And until next week, remember, express yourself.